Understood is a resource I have recommended for many years to parents looking for support with learning and thinking differences such as ADHD, dyslexia, and more. And I'm subsequently excited to tell you about their podcast, Understood Explains. This season, the show is hosted by teacher and special education expert, Juliana Urtube, and it's all about how to navigate individual education plans, also known as IEPs. They cover topics such as how to tell if your child needs an IEP, common myths about special education, and the difference between IEPs and 504 plans. I love how Understood Explains breaks down the overwhelm by unpacking an important topic each season and then drilling down further into key basics in each episode. Most episodes are between 10 to 15 minutes, and episodes are available in both English and Spanish. So fantastic, right? To listen to Understood Explains, search for Understood Explains in your podcast app. That's Understood Explains wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to Edit Your Life. I'm Christine Coe. And I'm Asha Dornfest, and we're here to help you edit the unnecessary from your life so you have more room to enjoy the awesome. We share practical ways to declutter your home schedule and mental space without getting bogged down by perfection. And we believe that baby steps are the key to getting there. Good morning. morning. (laughs) (laughs) Jinx. (laughs) I know. Oh, geez. So how are you this morning? I'm I'm great. I'm really excited about this episode. Actually, it just occurred to me we're going to be talking about teaching kids to cook, and this we're recording this the day after um, Laurel and a friend uh, made cake pops for the first time, and I was all like, "This is going to be too hard. Don't do this." And they were like, "We're doing it." <laughs> so this is just perfect, perfect queuing up for for today's episode. <laughs> I just. You know, I just want to put you on notice, Christina. I want you to share some of the things that Laurel, and I'm sure pretty soon Violet, are, she's going to start making crazy things too. But you, you got to talk about the Laurel's incredible baking skills. We'll, we'll I, I know talk, it'll yeah. come up, but it's just the most amazing thing to me. Yes, we'll, we'll discuss. So we've actually been talking about recording an episode about kids and cooking for a long time because this is something we've talked about for a long time. It's just such a... Um, really sort of interesting and direct way that um, practical life skills and kids go together just seems to happen so much more, sometimes more easily in the kitchen. And sometimes it's a little bit more fraught. It's a, it's a, it's an interesting thing. I mean, it's, it's easy for some, and I think for some it's a little more complicated, but the thing that really sort of pushed this topic, right, just sort of right to the forefront of my attention was that, we recently went on some college visits uh, because my son's going to be a senior in high school next year. And so just for fun during spring break, we went on some college visits, which uh, I am telling you, that was some of the best fun I've had in a long time. Really fun to go on these college visits. It was just the two of you? Yes. Uh, well, it was the two of us for part of the trip. And then it was my whole family for the uh, the next part of the trip. Oh so gosh, it was just for, so exciting. We, just, we were just driving around the Pacific Northwest for four days. Um, and we visited four different colleges and uh, they're just a lot of fun. I just think it's a fun thing to do. And um, in one instance, the campus tour included a tour of a residence hall, you know, the little, the not the little, I shouldn't. Anyway, it wasn't little, actually, it was a dorm. And that residence hall had a kitchen, sort of a collective kitchen where students could, you know, cook simple meals if they were sick of the dorm food. 
And I turned and mentioned to Sam that it's so cool that he knows a little bit of cooking, you know, some basic meals to cook because it'll save him money and it'll impress his roommates and he can go down there and cook his food. And, you know, I'm always sort of looking to spin life skills with him. I love (laughs) it. (laughs) And when I talked to him about it, his ears just really perked up like, oh, this is pretty cool. And just right then I saw that he felt empowered. You know, he felt empowered by the fact that he was going to be stepping into this somewhat intimidating new environment and, you know, not necessarily that particular dorm, but any situation where he would have to deal with his own food. And he seemed to feel really good about it. And it was all, you know, sort of a nonverbal, you know, observation that I made, but it was really a great thing. I just suddenly felt like, ah, wow. He's appreciating the fact that he's got some real skills on board. That is just so exciting. And I have to say, I think it is so cool that there is an option to cook in the dorms. I mean, when I went to college, which was now many, many years ago, uh, everyone, I I went to Wheaton College in Massachusetts. It's a very small liberal liberal arts college. And it was pretty much, I would say, a 90-something percent in-dorm environment. Like, there weren't really, almost nobody lived off campus in an apartment. They're just that particular town wasn't suited for that um anyway cooking wasn't really an option unless you lived in one of the smaller special themed houses so mm-hmm. i just um you know i love this topic and i'm just excited we're chatting about it and i love that um you know a lot of the times when we're talking about cooking with kids it's sort of younger kids and trying to get them to be part of the family system and this is like here it is like on the precipice of the real world and mm-hmm. sam going out and i just i love it i love it yeah well, I think it's given it's actually given me a very different perspective because I have to say when when my kids were were little, um I was quite stressed out about having them in the kitchen. I should say Sam, I was stressed out about having him in the kitchen because he was really impatient and he wasn't into it. Mm-hmm. And I'm really glad specifically you and I are talking about this topic because our experiences with our kids and cooking are really different. And I think you and I have approached it differently. Um and I'm really glad we're talking about this because, um, you know, our both of our sort of my two children, your two children have approached cooking differently, partially because they're very different people, but also because you and I have different approaches. And I think the point is that we're coming to that precipice, that, you know, moment of departure and it's okay, you know? Mm -hmm. So it's really fine that, um, you know, despite the fact that, other kids are possibly further down that learning to cook path. Um, my kids, you know, they're, they're doing okay. And I think that's actually really empowering for me. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, my kids, when I think about, I'm really sort of focusing on Sam here because my daughter Mira actually has a lot of interest in cooking, very different interests than he does. But, you know, he's the one I'm sort of thinking about just because he's getting ready to go. And, you know, just the fact that he has some basic skills and experience and also enough time in the kitchen to sort of realize, hey, this this could be fun. I mean, he hasn't really followed it up yet, but it's OK. I mean, when I mm-hmm. think about it, most of my real learning happened after I moved out and had to cook on my own. But I was sort of familiar enough with the kitchen that it wasn't intimidating or it wasn't that hard. Mm-hmm. You know, I think it's so interesting talking about experience and entry points into cooking because um, I would say on the internet, cause I post a lot about food because I love food. <laughs> I mean, I would say people probably kind of know that I like cooking things and I like baking, but you know, growing up, 
I mean, my mom is an incredible cook and growing up with seven, raising seven kids, I imagine it seemed more like a chore for her to involve us in the cooking process. So we were, we were actually never in the kitchen except when my grandmother was there and wanted us to be on assembly line for dumpling making or something. Um, and it really wasn't until, um, after college. So I'd mentioned that my college was, you know, in dorm, no cooking whatsoever. So, it wasn't until after when I was living on my own for the first time that I discovered my love for experimenting with food and cooking. And I honestly, I think I was just really excited to have a little control and not be eating bagels anymore. <laughs> um, you know, back in college, like now with the food at colleges is just sort of crazy. I mean, and I think that my college has stepped up, but back then it was a lot of bagels. <laughs> right. Right. Isn't that interesting? You know, and I think that, um, I, I guess, you know, where that sort of leaves me as you and I are talking, you know, and as we sort of head into this episode is that this is a completely low, low to no pressure situation. You mm-hmm. know, I really feel like this is not like, I, I don't know, I, I could in my younger parenting years, I could imagine myself reacting to two people saying it's time to teach your kids to cook going oh man, there's another thing I have to teach my kids to do. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's a lot. It seems, it seems like an intimidating prospect with the knives and, you know, already, you know, five o'clock or five 30 or six o'clock or whatever, when you're cooking dinner feels like a tricky time in many families. Um, for some families scheduling wise, it's not even possible to do that. So, Mm -hmm. you know, it's, it's not like everyone's just sitting around with, you know, unlimited amounts of time to leisurely go shopping and come home and cooking. I mean, we understand that. And I think the great thing I feel like I've learned is that it's really okay. I mean, it's, it's it, it just, these suggestions are suggestions and thoughts and, but they're, it's a completely sort of low stress situation in terms of what a parent needs to do. I love that. Yes, yeah. indeed. Right. Yes. <laughs> so, yes. Yeah. So, um, Yes. Let, let's let's just let's keep talking about that. I, I'm I, I didn't even sort of think about that when I was initially thinking about the this topic, but it really is true. I feel like this is one of those lovely times when organic learning really works. Mm-hmm. So anyway, we will discuss more as we get into our tips. Um, but first, before we get to those tips, um, I just wanted to remind you just a little bit of housekeeping. I just wanted to remind you, listeners, that so many of our ideas for this podcast really come from you. And we'd love to hear from you about what kinds of uh, topics or questions you'd love to hear for us to us to tackle on our podcast. So um, we're just wondering if there's anything you'd like to hear from us. Um, is there a, a problem you'd like us to help you solve? Or is, just there, is there anything on your mind you'd like to sort of hear on the Edit Your Life podcast? And if there is, you can always email us um, at edityourlifeshow at gmail.com. So I just wanted to encourage you to do that, remind you that that email address is always available to you. We really love getting listener mail. We sure do. We absolutely do. (laughs) So it's always such a wonderful sort of connection because, you know, here we are talking to each other, which pretty much we would do anyway if we weren't recording. (laughs) Um, But it's a really wonderful thing to hear, you know, sort of how, these ideas either help folks or make folks think about different things. So, yeah. And I, yes. And I, I just, you know, we'll quickly say that um, I just always feel quite moved when we get emails from listeners that when, especially if they're opening up about something and I don't know, really entrusting some um, 
sharing about their lives and and either how the show you know impacts them or what they're going through and what they need help with it's just it's really wonderful so thank you to everyone who's you know sent us notes so far and we'd love to hear from you as you know i am all about micro improvements and if you'd like to dedicate a little time each day to learn a language i have a great solution for you Babbel is a science-backed language learning app that offers 10-minute language lessons designed to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Materials are rooted in real-life situations, so you can learn important basics such as ordering food and asking for directions. Babbel offers personalized learning content, real-time feedback, tracking, and visualizations, and their speech recognition technology helps you to improve your pronunciation and accent. No matter what level you are looking for, casual, intense, or something in between, you can enjoy app lessons, podcasts, and live classes from the comfort of your home on your schedule. Here's a special limited time deal for Edit Your Life listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription. This is only for Edit Your Life listeners at babbel.com edit. Get up to 60% off at babbel.com edit. That's spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash edit. Rules and restrictions may apply. Did you know that hyaluronic acid naturally occurs in our skin, but decreases gradually as we age, leading to thinner, drier skin? If you're looking for support hydrating your skin from the inside out, check out one of the tools in my hydration arsenal, Rituals Hyacera, which I take every morning. Ritual's products are tested and validated by a third party for allergens, microbes, and heavy metals, and Hyacera is clinically proven to reduce fine lines and increase skin smoothness in 90 days. They also engage in industry-leading sustainability standards and are a female-founded B Corp, which means they hold themselves accountable to not just their company's financial health, but also the health of people and our planet. Want to join me in hydrating from the inside out? Start Hyacera to help minimize wrinkles without compromising on clean science. Hyacera from Ritual is a clinically proven skin supplement you can actually trust. Get 25% off your first month for a limited time at ritual.com edit. Start Ritual or add Hyacera to your subscription today. That's ritual.com edit for 25% off. Um, all right, well, let's right. get going. Let's get going. Yeah, so my, you know, my first tip of the um, episode, I'm going to just edit it slightly, actually. And I was originally going to just say start early, but honestly, I think start anytime, <laughs> just start. Um, and, you know, I just wanted to mention the early part because I think a lot of people get hung up about tools and safety and, you know, when to do stuff. And I think um, very much like chores and, you know, we have an episode to how to get kids to do chores that we'll link up in the notes. But just like chores, as soon as kids can understand simple directives, like as toddlers, <laughs> they can be in the kitchen with you. And it's really all about just putting a task at their level. So, you know, when they're little, um, it might be just dumping things in or mixing them. Um, and I, I mean, I started Laurel and Bye both in the kitchen with me when they were little toddlers. And I'll, I'll be honest, I mean, part of the motivation was because I'm not great sitting on the floor playing with toys and it's just you know it ended up it's been such a fun thing for us to do together so i just wanted to to mention that right right isn't that interesting it's funny i too when my kids were little was not really great at the on the floor sitting you know with toys playing either Mm -hmm. (laughs) and it's there's something really wonderful about getting sort of um taking the apprenticeship model of um of playing and and 
interacting with your kids because toddlers actually are super into that. Toddlers are at that moment where they want to start trying things and looking around and, you know, sort of doing things themselves. And um, the kitchen's a great place for that mm-hmm. to happen. And actually, you know, which is not to say, you know, you hand your kid a knife and say, here, chop the chop the celery. <laughs> Obviously, that's not what we're talking about. But um, this just reminded me when you were talking about, you know, just dumping stuff and mixing it in bowls for toddlers. Um, I have a an Instagram account specifically devoted to parent hacks, which is my book that I came out with last year. And it's full of clever ideas and shortcuts for parents that parents themselves um, that basically contribute and share. And recently I shared a picture of um, so cute. You know, parents said basically she did this in order to uh, make it easier for her to get cooking done in the kitchen and keep her kid distracted. But she literally said, here, this is what I do for my kid while, you know, while I'm trying to cook. She There's a picture of, of her kid. And there's like a bowl of, you know, chopped carrots or something. She had chopped them and she just gave him the job of using tongs to take the carrots and put them from one bowl into another bowl. <laughs> and it was really Motor just skills. A, Hello. It was just a distraction technique. Like, here you go. Can you help mom by, um, you know, moving these carrots into this bowl? And he, of course, very, very, you know, in a very focused and, and earnest way, you know, was moving these carrots with salad tongs. and. That is actually completely a completely great way to get kids in the kitchen. It's amazing how grown up they feel just when they get to handle a grown up actual kitchen tool that comes out of the kitchen drawer as mm-hmm. opposed to out of the toy drawer. Mm-hmm. It's it's like a big deal for toddlers, some toddlers, not every toddler. But, you know, it was just it just reminded me because, you know, I have teenagers and I sort of those days of toddlers getting delighted by those simple things are sort of far behind me. And I just love that picture. Mm-hmm. It so was cute. just, it was awesome. So that actually sort of leads into my next tip or my first tip, which is that observation equals teaching. So again, when I think we're talking about teaching kids to cook, it doesn't have to actually be teaching them to cook. It could just, you know, happen organically as they watch what you're doing. And so when I think about this, when I think about my own experience, you know, I learned to cook from my parents um, and my mom showed me a few things. Like she showed me how to cook a pot of rice and how to scramble eggs and, you know, those basic sorts of things. But I would say that I learned most of what I know about cooking from just loitering around the kitchen while my dad cooked. My dad loves to cook. And so he, he, you know, as a result, cooked lots of different things. And was constantly reading cookbooks and constantly reading recipes. And and this is before the Internet. Boy, once the Internet hit the scene, I swear he spends at least 20 percent of all of his time looking up recipes. (laughs) Um, So anyway, the point is, you know, my dad is a pretty uh, low key, quiet person, doesn't talk a lot. Um, And so there was very little direct teaching. It's not like he was, you know, sitting there saying, and now we're going to do this and now we're going to do that. But he would answer my questions if I had any. So. Um, pretty much it was me leaning against the refrigerator, just watching him. And so I guess I mentioned this because, you know, again, this whole process can feel daunting, especially when they're little, but it just, I, I think so much of what I learned, it was a, it was like a low pressure learning situation for me too. And I love those times now that I'm looking back at them. So, mm-hmm. um, just having your kids in the kitchen can really be a good thing, you know, to a certain extent, I think you have to also remember that it, for some people, 
the kitchen is a refuge, <laughs> an adult refuge. And I think that, you know, you can respect that if that's what you need some time on your own in the kitchen. That's great. But, you know, a few minutes here and there, it, it really adds up. Mm-hmm. Definitely. All right. Well, my um, next tip is a has been a really critical one. And for, you know, for me personally, <laughs> and I think it's just so helpful and it is to let go of perfection and also, you know, use your cooking experiences to help teach your kids that missteps are part of any process. Um, I remember back when Laurel was really little, um, we were making cookies or something and, you know, I was all like kind of obsessed with making everything perfect and, and the same shape. And, and then I was kind of like, what am I doing? You know, like she'd make a little lump and I'd try to correct it. And I was like, you know what, just let her do her thing. And she'll, she'll pick it up and figure out and make her own process. And, um, you know, it's just so important to kind of give them control when you, if you're inviting your kids into the kitchen, you know, then also really fully invite them and let them make messes and make mistakes. And then those messes and mistakes will, you know, decrease as they figure out, figure things out. But, you know, cooking and baking is science, you know, so things will fall flat every now and then. And that is okay. And one of my favorite, you know, stories that I'll tell my kids about if something goes wrong in the kitchen is I, for some, well, it's interesting. I said we, I didn't really bake or cook as a kid. And that was largely true. I think I was very lacking in experience, but one, for one birthday, I wanted to make this feathery fudge cake or something for my mom or my dad. And I made it. <laughs> and I had zero experience baking anything from scratch. And it was like a brick. <laughs> it was the opposite of feathery. And I, I swear, like my siblings, that cake comes up in conversation, like still to this day, every now and then. Uh, um, the, legendary the legendary, not so feathery fudge, feathery fudge cake. Um, <laughs> but I think that's good. And I think it's really important for, you know, not just in the kitchen, but in all domains of life to learn that, you know, mistakes are part of any process. I really well, feel strongly about that. <laughs> oh, I feel really strongly about that, too. And it's funny. I, I often think um, I like to garden. And one of the things I think about when I'm in the garden is there's so many lessons for life in the garden. Well, mm -hmm. there's so many lessons for life in the kitchen. And one of the things just completely related to what you're talking about is that um, unlike you know, so much of kids' lives, which are so prescribed sort of by school systems or other systems, in the kitchen, you can put in a lot of effort and then your effort can totally fail. And it's just sort of, you know, it's not, there's no judgment call. It just is a reality. It's just in front of you. Mm -hmm. You know, the, the cake is a brick. You can't sort of pretend that's not the case or anything else. And it's such a great thing to just be in that environment where, you know, there's sort of input, meaning, you know, what you do and then output what comes out, you know, mm -hmm. what the food item is. And I actually think that's very refreshing for kids because so much of their lives can be a little bit academic, you know, mm -hmm. when they're it, there's a lot of thinking and 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 so much of the skill that they're learning is, um, you know, in their head. And I think there's something tactile and real about cooking, you know, not to mention the fact that you either get to eat it when you're done or maybe you don't want to. <laughs> it's just so it's so concrete. And I think that that is a really great thing for kids. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, for sure. For sure. If you can just scoop back one step in the process and bring them grocery shopping um, again, gross, the grocery store might be an adult refuge for you. So, again, this is an optional tip because I know there was there was a period of 
years in my life where going grocery shopping was something that I really tried to do blissfully alone. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, But then there came a time where it was really fun to go grocery shopping with them. And I feel like it was really important learning, not just for, um, you know, the food and ingredient sort of picking, um, but also, you know, for the money, the whole money piece of this. But that's 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 a different topic. So I think the fact is that when kids see food start as an ingredient and then transform through cooking into a meal, there is just really an important connection there. Um, you know, but it's it, it just depends on what age that connection gets made. I think it's not the case for every kid. And so if you can consider that as your grocery shopping, that's sort of an interesting conversation to have. Mm-hmm. Sort of like, you know, this is an onion and um, you're not even going to see it in in what we make for dinner because I'm going to chop it up really finely, but it just adds this flavor. And, you know, those sorts of conversations actually are really interesting and really useful for kids. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Actually, yeah. I will be doing that after this podcast, probably going to the grocery Good. store with my kids. Um. <laughs> well, and there's one other thing I would add, and that is, um, you know, if grocery shopping really is sort of an adult outing for you um, and it's intolerable when you're with little kids, um, you could get them involved when you get home. So mm-hmm. it, it could be as simple as, you know, having them help you put the groceries away or even writing out the shopping list and talking about what you're going to be making or something like that. But in any any way that you can connect ingredients to cooking and meals, I think really helps. Yeah, that's great. That's great. Especially in this digital age, since we're well beyond handwritten journals and letters to convey history, the preservation of stories is so important especially from the moms and mom figures in our lives. And if you've been looking for a way to collect those stories but aren't sure how to start, I have a recommendation for you. StoryWorth makes it easy. Every week, they email a loved one of your choosing a question prompt that you pick. For example, what advice would you give your 20-year-old self? And what aspects of having children didn't turn out the way you expected? Your loved one responds to that email with a story of any length. You will receive copies of these emails as they are submitted, and after one year, StoryWorth compiles the stories and any photos provided into a keepsake book. A friend recently shared how moving it was that her mom gifted copies of her StoryWorth album to immediate family members, a genius idea for expanding the preservation and sharing of those stories to people in different households and generations. Give all the moms in your life a unique, heartfelt gift you'll all cherish for years. StoryWorth. Right now, save $10 on your first purchase when you go to storyworth.com slash edit. That's storyworth.com slash edit to save $10 on your first purchase. People often talk about the impact of things like stress, hormone fluctuations, and nutrition on skin, but did you know those things impact your hair too? If you've been dealing with hair thinning, you are not alone, and Nutrafol is here to help. Nutrafol is the number one dermatologist-recommended hair growth supplement, with over 1 million people seeing thicker, stronger, faster-growing hair with less shedding. I appreciate that they offer formulas tailored to different life stages, such as postpartum and menopause, as well as different lifestyles, such as plant-based diets. In a clinical study, 86% of women reported improved hair growth after taking Nutrafol Women's Hair Growth Supplement for six months. Take the first step to visibly thicker, healthier hair. For a limited time, Nutrafol is offering Edit Your Life listeners $10 off your first month subscription and free shipping when you go to Nutrafol.com and enter the promo code EDIT. Find out why over 4,500 healthcare professionals and hairstylists recommend Nutrafol for healthier hair. That's Nutrafol.com, spelled N-U-T, 
N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L.com and use promo code EDIT. That's Nutrafol.com using promo code EDIT. Okay, so I want to hit on a sort of one of the tactical concerns with cooking with kids, and that is about safety. And so I would just recommend just taking a deep breath (laughs) and just offer repeated but not freaking out safety reminders. Um, You know, I think basically the the two most important things to remind kids about are heat um, element and knife skills. Um, You know, and and you just kind of keep, mentioning it until until they get it um more practically um it, just in case people are looking for a recommendation uh for laurel we started her cutting stuff using a plastic xylus knife and i'll i'll include a link in the notes but um you know when we got to vi we were a little less <laughs> i don't know maybe, maybe i think occasionally she's used that same plastic xylus, xylus knife but we started her on a regular paring knife with super supervision and just repeat reminders and you know if you're wondering when your kids get it like at one point I said, okay, now just remember, be really careful. This is the sharp side. And she was like, I know mom <laughs> or so, you know, they do, they do get it. And it just requires, you know, a little bit of, you know, vigilance while they're starting out and then they will get it. Well, I don't know if you remember this, but we actually recorded a whole episode about exposing kids, like basically letting kids experience risk, which, mm-hmm. you know, basically involves exposing them to a little bit of danger. And that episode was inspired by yet another photo from the Parent Hacks Instagram feed of a kid who was standing at a cutting board, you know, with sliced apples and a paring knife. And um, it kicked off this fascinating discussion, this picture about, you know, is it safe to let that kid handle the paring knife and, and all of that kind of stuff. And, you know, we really one of the things I really realized is that um First of all, when you allow your child it, with supervision to use those real cooking implements that, yes, involve a little bit of risk, um, it gives them an opportunity to sort of step it up in the responsibility department. Mm-hmm. Because believe me, they are highly motivated not to cut themselves or hurt themselves. And I think kids really understand that they know they're being given a, a big responsibility, something that's important and real. And uh, that is a huge, that's just a huge deal because if they successfully sort of navigate that, it's just a massive boost to their confidence. And I think we all know that different kids are ready for that at different times, Mm -hmm. you know? So um, some kids are just, they just don't have great hand-eye coordination. And for those kids, it might be later on, or some kids are just reckless and they, you know, they're going to want to play swords with the knives. And so maybe it's not time for them to do it. So I think it's, this is not about um, trying to let kids do this as early as possible. It's about letting them do it when they're ready. Yeah. And I think that it's really important and actually a really great thing. Yeah. And, um, you know, if you want to get started, like I, I would recommend starting if you're using a real knife with something soft like uh, tofu, you know, if, if yeah. you're making soup, you know, and then the, they just think because like any of us, we you need to get a feel for that tool. Right. So. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and I will say very plainly that in the, whatever, 10 plus years that I've been cooking with my kids, like, they have not had any accidents, and I haven't inflicted and nicked myself more. <laughs> um, it's like, mom 10, children zero. Um, so, yeah. Many people in the comments of that picture, or that picture, either it was on Instagram or Facebook, because the picture appeared in both, said exactly the same thing. Mm-hmm. Their kids are actually much safer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, 
And I would say, um, I would also add one little caveat, I mean, one little sort of postscript to this tip about safety reminders. This also includes sort of basic food safety rules, like the classic licking, you know, licking your finger and then putting it back in the bowl. So those sorts of food safety rules are a little bit part of this as well, Mm -hmm. you know, just teaching Mm -hmm. them sort of proper, I guess, food etiquette in the, in the kitchen. And it's all good information. Keep your slobber to yourself. (laughs) (laughs) It's as simple as that, kids. (laughs) Um, So uh, my next tip is to remember that shortcuts in the kitchen are just fine and they sort of all count uh, for learning how to cook. So my son has become the master at doctoring a packet of ramen. Give the kid a packet of 25 cent ramen and some ingredients from the Asian supermarket and he will turn it into something amazing. It's like really incredible. So, you know, he adds tofu and scallions and a bunch of different seasonings and sesame oil and all this other stuff. So, you know, the actual cooking is basically boiling water um, and throwing in a noodle packet. And it is, you know, admittedly not the uh, sort of healthiest meal in the world. But the fact is, he's really made it his own. And he's very proud of these soups that he creates. And they're delicious. Um, I, I have to say, I have really enjoyed watching this process because he's learning about experimenting in the kitchen mm-hmm. and cooking by taste instead of following a recipe. And he's also learning about basic sort of kitchen management, you know, putting the stuff away after he's done, where all the measuring spoons are, how to use them, um, all that stuff. And I think this is great. It all counts because I know for me, you know, the kind of kid that I was, was this rule following kid who really wanted directions for every single thing that I did in my life. So I, this is why I loved school so much because my teacher told me what to do and I did it really well. And when I started cooking and, and stuff, I was extremely attached to recipes, which is fine. I mean, you could be attached to recipes your whole life, but I would get really focused on measuring things. And um, even though it's not that I'm a perfectionist, it was that I wanted, I just wanted to follow the recipe. I felt so much more secure with the recipe. And it's really interesting to watch Sam cook because he likes to do it without a recipe. And um, I just, I love to see that he is approaching it from that perspective. It's just a different perspective and it's a great thing. So shortcuts are, shortcuts are all part of this process. I think that's awesome. And, um, you know, I, I think, um, I mean, Laurel's very much a do everything from scratch. And that there have been times when I've said, Let, why don't we take some shortcuts and some of this and make this more doable? And, um, she tends to be a little resistant to that, but I think it's great. <laughs> and, yeah. uh, and I love that he's, doing the cook by taste thing because that's that's awesome that's such a great skill Um, it is and you know that actually made me think about my next tip which um i immediately thought when was like oh wow this would be a really fun thing to get two kids to do like a a ramen noodle cook-off like (laughs) like a make your own (laughs) soup cook-off but Uh my next my next point was to get inspired you know by a show or a magazine or some form of media and um you know my kids we've loved watching uh, all manner of cooking shows. We've watched uh, British Bake Off, kids, but with kids in it, Kids Baking Championship and MasterChef Junior have been really fun to watch. And now I find sometimes when Vi and I are doing a cooking project, she'll be like, "Okay, you be you be Duff, and you be you be the, the guy who's coming around and asking about what we're making." And it like it's clearly sinking in. And um, last year, I think I got we were looking into getting for Christmas, getting Laurel some kind of magazine subscription and 
I have to say all the teen magazines and tween magazines. I was like, yuck. So um, we got her a Food Network magazine subscription, which was so fantastic because, you know, she loved the shows and she has, you know, different people that she knows from the shows and they're in the magazine. And um, it just offered such a great inspiration point. She'd you know, flip through every month and find a thing or two or more that she wanted to make. And so fun. So fun. So, you know, find a little inspiration that'll help them, you know, want be motivated to pick something that looks good to them. So I just need to make a little detour into the kids magazine topic because kids magazines, when I was a kid, I, I got kids magazines. My mom got me a subscription to Children's Digest and Ranger Rick. Do you remember Ranger Rick? I do remember Ranger Rick. Yes. Oh my God, Ranger Rick. <laughs> I loved it. And I think kids' magazines are the best. I just feel like I look forward to getting real mail. There's real information in there. It's so fun to flip through. And I just think a, a, a magazine for kids cooking, that just seems like the greatest. Mm-hmm. I, I just, I can't say enough about kids' magazines. I think they're a great gift, and I think they're just really fun for kids, especially because kids consume so much media online these days. There's something about sitting, you know, and flipping through those pages. It's just exciting. Oh, yeah. Vi gets so, highlights. Um, and, oh, highlights. Yeah, I remember highlights and all the hidden yeah. pictures and everything. Yeah. So, yeah, she so really fun. loved it. Yeah. Well, my first publishing credit was in Children's Digest. I sent them a poem that I wrote, I think, oh. when I was eight. <laughs> and let me tell you, seeing my name on a byline in a printed magazine was so exciting to me. It may have contributed to my becoming a writer. Yeah. I, I, I can't. I can't. you know draw direct line but it was very very exciting anyway kids magazines i think they're great so i would just add one little thing to this uh and that is you know my daughter really got into buzzfeed cooking videos you know those cooking videos where they Mm -hmm. sort of they sort of go fast through a recipe and they're very visual and of Mm -hmm. course it all looks much easier than it actually really is but it's still really fun to watch these these cooking videos um and oftentimes the recipes that they cook are a little fanciful you know um Mm -hmm. But it's a great, it's like you said, it's a great inspiration. So um, I love this. I love this tip. All right. So my next tip is to schedule a DIY family dinner, you know, kind of one of those assemble your own type dinners. Um, So some kids just really don't have any interest in cooking or spending time in the kitchen. You will ask them and they will say, no, thanks. And uh, they're just not into it. And so I would say, for those kids and for your family, perhaps you need to sort of approach this from the side. And one of the ways that I have done this in the past is to plan a family dinner where they sort of have to get involved, but in a fun way, something like, uh, you know, do it yourself pizza, you know, where everybody rolls out the pizza crust and has to put some sauce on it and cheese and whatever it else. And you can choose your own ingredients and then bake it. Or roll your own burritos or Vietnamese salad rolls. That was a huge hit with my kids where you hydrate the little circular pieces of rice paper mm-hmm. and then add, you know, vegetables or tofu or whatever else you want to add. Um, let's just say people are highly motivated to cook when their dinner depends on it. <laughs> <laughs> and sometimes assembling is is sort of the first step to cooking because they're handling ingredients again. Um, it, it's more like it's more like entertainment and it's a good sort of gateway to, hey, maybe next time you want to you want to cut the tofu or maybe next time you want to help me um, greet the cheese or whatever. So I think any way that you can start getting kids handling ingredients is a good thing. Mm-hmm. 
definitely. I agree with that. All right. Well, so I thought I had one to close out the episode, but I have two quick ones. And um, the first of those is very much related to what you were just saying. And it is to just, you know, give your kids control. So with kids, it's all about control. <laughs> it's like that from the very beginning. And um, just, you know, have them to our earlier point about inspiration, have them pick what's being cooked or have them be totally in charge of some element of something. Um just a, a few weeks ago, we went over to a friend's house and they made, um, you know, pizza like from scratch on the stone and everything and, you know, bought the dough again, shortcut, totally acceptable. And it reminded me that, you know, we had a couple, we have a couple of pizza stones and they've kind of been sitting in the basement forever, I think, because I was sort of scared having little babies and having these freakishly hot stones around. Um, but it totally inspired me to get them out again. And by, you know, I helped her roll out. Um, the dough, but she kind of helped push it around and then she ended up making one of her own pizzas and she, afterwards, she said, I'm just so proud, you know? <laughs> it was just so <laughs> awesome. Um, yeah. So, yeah, control. It's all the control. And then my last point is, um, it occurred to me that we haven't touched on this at all, but is to teach them cleanup because oh, I think one so of the, good. yeah, one of the things that people, I hear a lot of people, parents sort of say, oh, I don't want to you know, get the kids in the kitchen because it gets so messy and then blah, blah, blah. There's so much mess. And so you just clean up is just part of the process, just like you would have them help, you know, clean up toys. And um, yeah, so definitely do that. And one arrangement that we have had because, um, you know, Laurel will be very excited to make treats, you know, at, at any length, um, is that if she's making treats or something that's kind of optional, like she needs to be in charge of the cleanup for that. Um, but if it's something for like a family meal um, or even if it's a treat that's for a gathering or something that involves the whole family, like not just a fun treat project, um, then I will help clean up. So we'll, mm -hmm. we'll kind of split the cleanup duties. And that really has helped, I think, with motivation and learn, learning how learning the whole phase of the process. Um, mm -hmm. After she and her friend made the cake pops yesterday, she cleaned up the entire kitchen and the entire mess because that was an optional thing. And then it ends up being kind of a fun thing for us to do together, you know, when she's made a family meal and um, sometimes I'll just do all, all the cleanup if she's really done all the cooking. And it's just good to make sure they know how to deal with that side of the process. Oh man, that is, uh, that's sort of a brilliant way to split it out at like optional treats versus family meal or whatever. That's really an interesting way to think about it. Sort of an interesting way to think about food anyway. So that's good. That's yeah, really great. And so helpful. So helpful. Right. I'm so glad you brought this up because I think, you know, this has been when I was talking about Sam and his, you know, wicked ramen making skills that has that was part of it. You know, a big part of the process was, first of all, knowing where everything was in the kitchen and then knowing to either put it back, put it in the dishwasher or wash it in the sink. Mm -hmm. And that has that is part of the process for us as well, <clears throat> even though I don't think I was as um, sort of mindful about it. Um, being in the kitchen, it's like kitchen management, you know, it's a whole mm -hmm. thing. And so, yeah. yeah. And I should, should mention, you might need to, you know, you'll probably like anything, like learning any skill, you may need to kind of give a few pointers along the way. Like the first time, mm -hmm. you know, Laurel did clean up after a dessert project, like some of the stuff was still quite buttery. <laughs> so, right. you know, we just said, you know, make sure you've got hot, you know, hot water or warm water and use, use this and use this. And, um, and now, you know, she cleans up like a boss. So uh -huh. it just like anything, it just might take a little bit of repeat reminders and then, and right. then they'll get it. Yep. Yep. Oh, very good. Very good. I, well, when, when I, when I was a kid, I, um, 
You know, my mom switched off, you know, I, we had to do dinner dishes every night. And oh, yeah. so I did one, my mom did one. And um, all that stuff, learning how to load the dishwasher, learning how to, you know, clean oily stuff, like you said, all that stuff. It's, it's all skills. And mm-hmm. believe me, as I say to Sam, it's all roommate skills. If you know how to properly clean stuff in the kitchen, your roommates will like you much more <laughs> than if you are that person that, you know, sort of stands there helpless. And it's a, it's a really, once again, back to the sort of beginning of this, the inspiration here, it's an empowering thing for kids. Yeah. And as much as they might resist it, you know, on that level, as they get older, you can really talk about it from that standpoint. Yep. So great tip, great tip. So. Um, all right. We are at the end of our episode. And so it's time to share our next edits. Yes. What is your, yes. Why don't you go ahead? Okay. I'm now really excited about this whole DIY family dinner thing because um, I don't know. Now I'm thinking about do it yourself pizza because that's really fun to do. So that's going to be my your next edit is to schedule a sort of assemble your own dinner type um, meal for your family sometime this week or next week. And I will find some easy recipes for pizza dough, although you could just as easily purchase pizza dough um, and also salad rolls. In the, I'll, I'll post these recipes in the show notes because they're both so easy to do. Fantastic. Yeah. And my your next edit is to start simple, but to just start. So tonight, you know, like tonight, <laughs> have your kids make grilled cheese or tuna or something simple and just, you know, it. You'll start seeing the benefits. It's it's really such a cool process to get them going in the kitchen. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. And if you want a little bit of inspiration, I um, the other thing I'm going to link up in the show notes are um, a few photos from Christine's Instagram. And you can sort of see where this where this can go, because one of the most one of my biggest pleasures actually about Christine, about your Instagram feed is watching the various baking creations your daughters create. Oh, you're sweet. You're sweet. It's It's really fun. fun. Well, and such, you know, they get a lot of joy out of it and you get a lot of joy out of it. Mm -hmm. And so it's just, it's a wonderful thing. It's really fun. All right, folks. So um, hopefully you're inspired. You're going to be eating some really good food in the next few days. (laughs) And you'll find the show notes for this episode, including links to all the stuff that we've talked about at edityourlifeshow.com. And we'd love to hear from you. So don't forget to drop us a line with your episode requests or your quandaries. You can do it via our Facebook page or through email at edityourlifeshow at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. Oh, hey, everybody. It's us, Blair and Molly, your old pals from Toddler Purgatory. Two moms who are also actors, who are also creative beings who sometimes feel stuck. And this is our new podcast, Unsticking It with Blair and Molly. What happens when your creative spark just seems to disappear? Gone. Poof. Bye. See ya. What happens when life gets in the way of your creativity instead of nourishing it? That's what happened to Molly and me. We felt like the thing that drove us creatively stopped working and impending doom had in fact impended. Totally. So we decided to do something about it. And that was... Steal ideas about getting unstuck from the most creative people we can find. We talk to guests about how to break through the mucky, gluey, sticky wall that can get between you and your creativity. We hear about their journeys, their successes, their challenges, and even their bougie coffee shop orders. 
And we're not just talking Bob Ross type paint on paper artists here, though we talk to them too. We're talking to actors, creative directors, dancers, and people who are working hard to be their best creative selves in a world that can sometimes feel real uncreative. We all have something to teach each other, so let's steal their ideas together. Join us, won't you, as we deep dive into how to unstick ourselves from the life gunk that can get in the way of our creative freedom. Pandemics, school calendars, world events, lack of sleep, oh, get out of their life gunk. And let's get back to your best creative self. Subscribe to Unsticking It with Blair and Molly. You're not going to want to miss an episode. Unsticking It with Blair and Molly, because sometimes life sucks. Unsticking it.